We all know about the marketing tactics and unhelpful messages that exist in the world these days around how we should look, how we should be and what our lives should look like as well. And yet, even with the knowledge we have to hand, a lot of this still takes away our power, our confidence and our trust in ourselves. So this week, I've welcomed guest Camilla Collins onto the podcast to talk all about the unobtainable beauty standards that we see all around us, that we're trying to live up to and how we can take our own power back. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness, a space where we celebrate you exactly as you are right now, while also looking at realistic and achievable ways that you can increase your fitness, improve your nutrition, and bring more wellness into your busy schedule. We tackle a whole range of subjects from diet culture and healthy weight loss, right through to how to stay motivated, reduce stress, balance fitness and life, and ways to get the most out of your fitness routine. This is your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation. Perfect if you're a busy woman who sometimes struggles to find time for yourself and who would love to develop a positive mindset and a consistent fitness and wellness routine. I'm Alex, your host, women's fitness and wellness coach, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, lover of chocolate, wine and exercise and believer that we can all find balance in our busy lives. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm bringing you a guest episode this week and I've got a really, really good one for you now. This one is right up my street because as you know, I have quite a lot to say about the unobtainable standards that society has created for us and how that is messing with our confidence. And today I'm welcoming the fabulous Camilla Collins onto the show. She's a beauty CEO, confidence and lifestyle coach, author of the book No Filter Needed and host of the podcast by the same name. She is super passionate about empowering people to change their self-perception and reimagine the huge amounts of power they already have within themselves. And today she's going to be helping us to do exactly the same thing. So welcome to the show, Camilla. Oh, it's so good to be here. Thank you so, so much for having me, Annick. It's a real pleasure. So I've been looking forward to this conversation because like, I know that we're really on the same page when it comes to a lot of the toxic messages out there um, around you know, how we should look, how it's acceptable for a woman to look these days. And, and actually how ridiculously narrow those definitions are as well. So what was it that that got you into this space in the first place, into this kind of confidence and lifestyle coaching? So it was about two, well, it's been, I guess the, the journey's been most of my life, to be honest. Um, yeah. You know, I sort of, I battled uh, with sort of mental health when I was younger. I still do sometimes today. I think, you know, all of us do too, to a certain extent. And, but it was really the, the kind of the big sort of shift and how I sort of moved into the the coaching side of things and really dug deep um, and where the book came from was this unsettled feeling that I had and this kind of unrest back in 2018. Um, and I didn't know if it was a work problem, if it was a me problem, but just something wasn't sitting right with me. And I came to the conclusion, I'm sure it was lots of things, but I was sick and tired of being part of an industry that was so invested in our lack of self-worth. Uh, I'm a, I have a makeup agency, hair and makeup agency. So I've been a hair and makeup artist since I trained in 2009. And for me, it was always about the artistry um, and, and using that and not, you know, hiding parts of ourselves, but, you know, enhancing what's there, but really more so the creative side of it and creative play and just pushing the boundaries. And I just found that increasingly over the years that, you know, makeup makeup industry and the beauty industry as a whole was just you know constantly coming up with more stuff and you know constantly making us feel worse about ourselves to make us purchase more of these like treatments um, and these products and it just it just felt like so so much and so yeah I just I was 
unsettled, I think, with it all. I wasn't sure I wanted to really, I felt like I was contributing to the problem um, rather than actually helping. And whereas sometimes with makeup, you know, you're making people feel good. And that's what I love, I loved about my job is, you know, enhancing people and building their confidence. And the conversations as well were very important that happened in the makeup chair, probably more so than the makeup. And that was another thing I kind of discovered. So that's when I ended up writing the book, hashtag no filter needed, which sort of outs the tactics or the marketing tactics of the beauty industry, which can be applied to all marketing, really. Like, you know, that's that's marketing at the end of the day. If we didn't feel we need it, then we wouldn't buy it. So, you know, it does push those buttons. Um, but it does look at how we've used changing our appearance for thousands of years to, you know, have some effect to solicit power or status. And, and really the book guides people towards the end of it or the, you know, the next half of it into building confidence from the inside out rather than the outside in. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that I'm you know, really passionate about because I think similar to you, I look at the industry that I am in and I just think, oh my God, you know, so many of the messages that we've received over the years have been so damaging to us. You know, the, the particular size we should be using exercise purely as a, a kind of aesthetic tool, you know, to look the way that we, we should. And I put that in inverted, in inverted commas, look, and yeah, it's it's a really tough one, isn't it? Because I think that, you know, even though I, I talk about that a lot, people will still come to me and say, yeah, I know all that, but I'd still like to lose some weight and I'd still w- want to look a certain way. So how how do you like balance those two things? Because I think that's the thing. It's, it's kind of saying to people, this actually is not wrong with wearing makeup and wanting to look nice and buying nice clothes and, you know, using your gym routine partly for aesthetics, right? There's nothing wrong with doing that. But how do you balance that at the same time with with fighting against those, uh, you know, those those very narrow beauty standards that are out there? I think self-awareness is just absolutely key. And, you know, keeping and I have to keep check on myself and I really to my fitness as well. Um, I've been on a sort of a bit of a bodybuilding journey the last few years in, in competing. And yeah, I mean, I have to keep my myself in check in, you know, my motives for doing things and where you know, what the internal dialogue is when I'm in the gym, when I'm doing cardio is, you know, is this for enjoyment or is this punishment? You know, and I think we all need to be aware of, of how we're talking to ourselves and what's motivating us to do, to do the things that we're doing. But yeah, it, it's a tricky one from, you know, the makeup side of things as well. Uh, you know, impressions, first impressions count. And so, you know, there's also, it's part of self-care to take pride in your appearance I think so you know that's that's a bit of love you're saying to yourself that you're worth it you're worth the effort but then the flip side is that it can be you know you're uncomfortable you can't face anybody without makeup on um you can't you know you're having it in the fitness side of things or you know you put on a bit of weight you can't bear to go out you're gonna cover yourself up in baggy clothes so you know it's just I think self-awareness is just absolutely key um in in all of it really and just yes as I said the motives and just keeping an eye, keeping an eye on on these things, and and just making sure that you're okay, and that that you know you're processing things. I mean, I find journaling a really, really great tool as well, just to find out sort of what's going on in our heads and the places that things are coming from. Because sometimes they come from comments people have said, or you know, beliefs from our childhood as well. And you know, even when I was younger, I um, you know, I was a I was a chubby kid. I was a chubby kid at school. Um, I was very pale as well. And, you know, these are the things that really stick out for me that, you know, I remember other people saying to me, and I think we can really carry that through, like, 
to our later lives and just have no. a bit of a, a thing about it as well. Or it could be the shape of your nose or, you know, anything that was made fun of. So I think we're really working through that with someone or you can sort of do it on your own, but with like journaling and just writing things kind of out and getting to the root cause of stuff and thinking and asking yourself, actually, is that true? Is what one person said true or, you know, it's just an opinion at the end of the day and it doesn't define you and it doesn't, you don't have to identify with that and, and have that as an identity thing. It's, it's an opinion. Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing you said about sort of almost questioning your, your beliefs, because I think what, what we tend to do is we go for a certain look, a certain aesthetic. We want to lose weight. We want to look a certain way. We, you know, get the makeup, the permanent makeup done, you know, all those kind of things so that we we kind of stay looking a certain way. Um, but sometimes it's it's being able to question that, you know, where where is this coming from? Is this actually coming from within me or is this coming from external pressure that I'm feeling to look a certain way? Absolutely. And and it never ends either. There's always going to be like, this is on trend and then it's not on trend. This is on trend. You know, it's exhausting trying to trying to keep up with it all. So you know, there's there's creativity there in terms of styles, fashion styles and, and makeup and things like that, you know, that's fun to, to play with. But mm. I think the most important thing is you have to be okay without those things. Mm. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's It's being okay without having those things as well. It's, you know, again, with fitness, it's saying to people, well, look, how, how is it that you want to feel as well? And if, you know, if I was to say to you, right, you will, it, let's say, for example, you'll never lose the weight. It'll always be the same size you are. What other reasons would you have to exercise? Like what what would be the importance of that for you? Um, and I suppose, you know, it's the same thing with with your clothes and your makeup and all those kind of things. Like what is it within you that is still important? And what are the things that are important to you that don't relate to just how you look? Absolutely. And I'm sure I'm sure you do this as well with your kind of coaching, but you know, on the lifestyle side of things, it's very much focused on, you know, how clothes fit, how you're feeling in yourself and like mood as well and things like that, rather than, you know, what things kind of look like. And there's it's hard because you want to measure, like we like to progress, don't we? I'm just talking about sort of coaching now uh, and, you know, moving forward and, and growing. So we we need that. So we kind of need things to kind of measure progress for but ultimately it's it's the feelings inside which sometimes we you know we must tune into but we can't really measure that you know all the time yeah. but it, it's worth keeping like a little mood diary um and just yeah. keeping track on, on how you're feeling and what's working and what isn't and what makes you feel a certain way and why that makes you feel a certain way and I think questions are the the greatest tool in getting to the bottom and getting to the root cause of why we feel a certain way and why we believe certain things to be true. So I just want to move on to something you said earlier, which was this this kind of idea of like power. And, you know, I think ultimately this is what it all comes down to, doesn't it? Because the people who look the right way, so to speak, um, are the people who have the power, the influence, the people, you know, the person that everybody looks up to, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I, I think that there's a, there's a real problem with that, isn't there? And a real problem with the fact that I, I just feel like a lot of people out there who are in those positions exude almost like this effortlessness, like, oh yeah, this is easy. This just comes naturally to me. I just, I'm motivated to go to the gym and, you know, my skin just looks like this magically and all these kind of things. And they're not, it's not very honest, I think. I think a lot of the, the images that we see out there are just not very honest. Um, so what, what's the what's the truth behind all of this? Like the truth behind the marketing of this and the, the facade of I have it all. Everything's amazing. I look amazing. And it's just effortless to me. 
It's all lies. Yeah. <laughs> all right. exactly. I mean, it, you know, things can be can be effortless at, at sometimes, but yeah. no one goes through their life finding everything effortless all the time. Like life doesn't doesn't work like that. And you know, you you bet when everything's going great, something will come come along just to kind of knock you back into into place. And that that's a good thing, you know, because that's how we experience the highs and the lows. And without the lows, we wouldn't get the highs in life. So you know, it's kind of important to have, but. Yeah, I think what you're you know talking about there, Alex, is just this, and this is very much a, a sort of a big kind of chunk in the book is the the rise in the social media, but just digital media as a whole, like everything that we're looking in these curated, well, you've got created like Instagram feeds, but you've got created as well. Everything's kind of retouched, even if you're looking at articles, and it's not real. You know, well, it's not real. And my concern, um, and I also mentioned this book in the book as well, is, is at one point I remember getting on the, the London Undergrounds and just being, it felt really weird to be around normal, like normal people. I was just noticing, you know, imperfections and things like that on was- on people as normal people do. And I just thought, because I've spent so much time, I was spending so much time online maybe that week, like I'd really kind of been absorbed into just all this fake imagery that that isn't actually real. Um, and it was just, yeah, a real kind of kind of wake up call. And that is my my worry, particularly for the younger generation as well, with viewing so much content online and talking to people so much online that, you know, it, it really kind of warps their view of the world. It well, all of us, it skews our perspective on things. And yeah, it's just it's just so important to take that intentional time to switch off from our screens, I think, and Done. just, you know be out with real people, having real conversations and just, you know, out in nature and just appreciating all of that. Um, but on the power, you know, thing, and and this is why I believe we have so much power, each of us, every single one of us inside of us is because it's all the things that make us unique. And particularly now, like all our sort of individuality, our quirky ways, all of that is actually what stands out. And particularly now in this world where everybody's trying to look the same, kind of behave the same, they're portraying the same image online, like nothing standing out. So well, actually the the imperfection, I don't want to call them imperfections, but I guess that's maybe what you'd refer to to on yourself and, you know, call them whatever you like. But, you know, embracing those and showing those and not hiding those, that's, you know, that's interesting. And that's what connects you to other people and people to you as well. And that's that's real. And people connect with real. They don't connect with you know, a facade and kind of the, the all the fake imagery that's out there. And so I think that's where every single one of us has our superpower is is all of the unique things about us and everything inside of us and just owning that and showing that to the world. And I think, you know, there is more of a movement now, isn't there, in, you know, places like Instagram where people are showing their reality a lot, lot more. And I think, you know, one of the things that certainly has helped me with my body image is you know, just unfollowing those more unrealistic, you know, images and following people who are just, you know, they're showing their stretch marks and they're showing their, you know, tummies and they're showing their cellulite and they're showing all of those things. And and when you see that, it, it again alters your perception of the world and your perception of what, you know, what is kind of normal, so to speak, which is to have all of those, uh, you know, those things, the, the cellulite and, you know, the tummy and whatever else. Um, and I think it's a really important exercise to do that as well, isn't it? Just just curating what you are seeing. You're so right. Absolutely. And it's it's normalising. That's it. It's normalising it for ourselves, because if you're not careful and you don't curate your feed, as you as you say, then you just get taken down like some random paths. Um, and especially like all the stuff that you're viewing as well, like 
And if you find something interesting, I mean, I guess on the fitness side for you, if you're looking at before and after pictures, for example, and you spend a little bit of time looking at that, then, you know, Instagram there serves you up kind of more of that. So you've got to be careful. It's not necessarily the accounts that you follow. It's tracking kind of what you do on the app. And this is, you know, this will be all apps. So we, yeah, we have to be really, really careful with all of that. But yeah, following accounts that normalize things is just so, so important. And I think, yeah, it's really important to just make sure you're on top of curating what you're seeing and you're in control rather than the other way around. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's allowing ourselves to be in control of the images that we see and actually the way we see things as well. Like I um, I started a couple of years ago doing this little exercise where when I'm on holiday by the pool, I will like, I will like literally look at every woman and I'll in my in my own head, obviously, I'm not saying it out loud. But I'll look at every woman by the pool. And I'll be like, "Oh, she's got great legs. Oh, she's got great boobs." Like, and literally pick out in every single woman I see, a, you know, something I really like about them and and something really positive. Because you know, you can bet that everybody is sitting around there feeling a bit self conscious and worrying about their cellulite and this, that, and the other. Um, but it almost it it empowers me to be able to do that for myself. So rather than you know Instagram or whatever telling me everybody should look like this, I am sitting there going, well, actually, this is what people really look like, and I'm celebrating them, which I think ha- has a positive knock on effect to me as well. I absolutely love that because I play the same game. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. I play the same game when I'm on the train. Yeah, and I look yeah. around me. Um, yeah, and I just I love it, and I think it's a really it's really great brain training as well because you know sometimes when I initially start working with people, like it can be really hard for for them to see you know positives about themselves, and it's actually easier to look at other people and notice positives about them. So if you're struggling with kind of identifying positive features on yourself or things that you like about yourself, then start on someone else. Um, it's easier to do it that way, and that way you're training your brain to look for the positivity. And then you can put that back on yourself. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a really, a really great little game to play. Um, and it's one that I play often. So yeah, I, I, I love good. hearing that. <laughs> Glad I'm not the Sitting there with like little commentary going through their heads. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I like to keep it myself as well. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think, you know, the other thing as well is that, you know, what somebody once said to me, you know, no, nobody is thinking about you as much as you think they are. Yeah. Like we we all sit there thinking, oh my God, what are people going to think of this, that and the other? And honestly, everybody's so concerned with themselves and how they look and how they appear that most of the time they're not taking any notice of you at all. It's so true. And that that's just absolute key there. Like we, we're all wrapped up in our own worlds, nah. like completely. And and as you say, concerned with, with how we're coming across that you know, we're not worrying about how anybody else is coming across. It's a bit like when you wake up with a spot, you know, it's a tiny spot and you feel like it's like taken over your face and everybody's <laughs> noticed. Um, no one says a thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know, people just don't notice these things. So, yeah, yeah, we create big dramas in our heads. And I think well, it's, you know, again, a good little, a good practice to have a little check in with yourself and just have some perspective around there's a whole world out there. There's a lot of people in it. Um, yes, we individually are massively important, but at the end of the day, everyone's wrapped up in their own lives. So yeah, they don't really care. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So let's move on a little bit because I want to talk, you mentioned earlier about your, you've been on a bit of a bodybuilding journey and I find that really interesting because obviously in the bodybuilding world, it is partly about appearance, but it's also a lot, a lot, a lot about performance as well. So has that changed anything for you? Like has that changed how you feel about your body, like going through that journey? 
it's yeah oh my god so much um and it's it's been a battle and I'm still having a bit of a battle as well um with with certain things and in terms of my appearance but uh you know actually I see it as an extension of of, so my makeup artistry I do prosthetics and special effects um as well so it's changing you know it's it's sculpting and molding and actually changing like the whole physical appearance so but that's with makeup and prosthetic pieces so I can't I almost see this as like sculpting the body but again from the inside out you know what you're you know how you're working it what you're feeding it and and I just think it's really powerful particularly we have a lot more education now than certainly like when I was younger um in terms of you know what we should be eating um training correctly as well for for fitness and and it's kind of empowering that you can change your body shape if you want to again it's but it's like where that where that's coming from like the place that that's coming from not in pacing yourself but thinking okay well like, what can I change? What can I build? What can I work on? What can I progress at? Um, so that's been a real kind of positive, I think, uh, for me. And I actually, competing last year, there was a girl who suffered from anorexia, a uh, really lovely girl called Molly. And and it's really saved her um, getting into, wow. I think, just her first year because, you know, she then had the power to, she didn't feel stuck kind of in her own sort of body. And, I, you know, there's a real control element as well. Um, in terms of of that with eating disorders, because there's a lot more going on than just the the appearance. But you know, it's been it's been really great, you know, to get her kind of eating again um, and eating for a cause and eating correctly. So I think there's some great benefits there. But yes, it's massively kind of it can be quite insular and it can be obsessive. And I think the fitness industry as a whole, as well, uh, a bit like the beauty industry, makeup. But then you know, it's just kind of too much of one thing. And, you know, my feed at the moment on Instagram, we're kind of coming into the first season of shows. And all of a sudden I'm looking at these very lean people and these before and afters because they've done their 12 week prep. And now it's like twin, twinging my mind because I'm not competing. Well, probably never again is what I said well, after my my last show in, in October. But now it's sort of twisting my my mind a little bit. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't that be cool? So it kind of goes back to what we're saying about creating your feed. Be careful because then you start you know, you 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 have a belief or you decide you're going to do something and then you get swayed with thinking, like, with stuff that's kind of served up to you. Was- but, you know, the reason for me um, sort of not competing again, I think you can get stuck in this perpetual sort of cycle of, you know, ballooning out and then slimming down and then ballooning mm. out and then sort of slimming down. And really, I wanted to sort of focus on on maintenance and building and keeping things kind of, you know, a, a sort of a happy, happy state. So it can be a little bit difficult, but I say battle now because a little bit of the struggle is, well, what am I working towards? If there's no show, I'm not that fussed about a shoot. Like I do need a goal. I think we all need some that sort was- of goal. Um, and I've, you know, I've done like, you know, half a marathon before, was planning on doing the London marathon. So there's little goals like that, but I definitely do need to find a goal. But I think something like a show where you're judged on, you know, the way you look, yeah, it's probably not the healthiest option for um, me well. right now. Um, and probably a lot of people uh, as well. And, you know, I think eating disorders and just general kind of skew on on perspective and how people feel about themselves is very, very common in that in that arena. Um, yeah. And I think it's um, it just takes a lot to recognise that sometimes, doesn't it? Because like you say, there'll be people in that world who'll be saying that, you know, oh, yeah, it's fine. And it's, you know, I'm approaching it in a healthy way and this, that and the other. But, you know, the truth is that, you know, they're pretty obsessive about it and it's not necessarily the most healthy thing for them to be judged entirely on their appearance. 
absolutely. And you know what? It's really time consuming, um, you know, all the training and the diet. And, uh, you know, my business had, if, if I kind of had a nine to five sort of job that I just clocked in and out of, and, you know, that was my passion, maybe a little bit different, but my, I need my brain to work. And towards the last end of my prep last year, it just didn't. I got quite ill from the diet and probably the stress of it all. Like my activity mm-hmm. was like super, super high. So that kind of had to fall by by the wayside. But again, when you look at, you follow these kind of fitness accounts and they make it look easy, just count your macros, like it's simple. And But it takes so much brain power. And you have to remember that, that these people, this is their job. So again, if I was in the fitness industry, and that's all kind of I did, I'd probably find it a lot easier. But, you know, to manage that and your job, and then, you know, people have got families, they've got children, to do all of that, like, it's it's hard work. It, so, it's hard work. And it, it's essentially, it's unrealistic and it's unobtainable unless you let, you know, something slide and kind of go go all in on it. So I just wanted to, I guess, do a bit of a reality check on that. You know, well, just be mindful of the fitness accounts that you're following because that is their life. Like, it's their job. And it's also what they enjoy, but they have the time for it. And it is, you know, it is time consuming and it is can be quite draining to to be like that all the time. Yeah, I, I um, saw this post actually the other day that was, uh, it was this sort of video, this lady who'd been, you know, worked on, you know, really defi- having really defined abs. And, you know, she had a, maybe a bit more than, you know, some people would like to look, but not that far off what a lot of people want to look like. And she was going through a whole regime and it was literally like, so I'm in the gym for two hours at a time, five days a week lifting weights. I'm then doing, you know, a couple of long cardio sessions. I weigh and measure every single morsel of food that goes into my mouth. I don't drink alcohol. I don't eat sugar. You know, like literally the the regime that she was under in order to, to achieve that look, which we assume is, you know, a few sessions in the gym each week. It just isn't like it's a huge amount of work. It's a huge commitment. And it's the kind of... um uh, sacrifice that the vast majority of us are not willing to make. And yet we're sitting there going, why do I look like that? I've been to the gym three times this week. And it's like, you know, it's, it is that reality check sometimes of actually the, the level of work and dedication that does go into looking like that. So true. It, you know, it's a start, it's a lifestyle. It's a style of life. It's a way of living. And I, I mean, I really enjoy the diet part because of the progress element and, you know, hard and fast, but for an eight week or 12 week period, but nothing, you know, longer, you can't sustain it much longer than that. Yeah. Um, and then the, the problem is when you do stuff like that, and this is, you know, people that do like six week shreds before they go on holiday, they just end up in a worse place afterwards. Mm-hmm. There's no kind of education there really. And they're just in this sort of cycle until the next holiday. So it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be a shoe or a show or, you know, on a professional level, we can, you know, people are doing this all the time for holidays or, or events and things. Um, wow really it would be so much better off trying to maintain something that's realistic for you that works around your your lifestyle and I'm big on you know designing routines um, and habits to support you every day Um, and then tweaking that you know sometimes routines stop working habits just roll on and actually they're not serving you anymore so just kind of keep it in in check with that but just making sure that it's manageable because if it's not manageable and you're having to stop doing the things that you love or that are important to you you're going to be you're going to be miserable so there's absolutely no yeah and I think you know at the end of the day a lot of this is is about you know 
we all get told, oh, you've got to love yourself as you are. And I just think well, that's a big stretch for a lot of us, but it's kind of just learning to be okay with ourselves and to 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 get to a point where we feel that we're worth, worth looking after. Absolutely. And, and then thinking, well, what little thing could I do to improve myself that, and not because you're not okay as you are, but because it's nice to do something for yourself, oh. isn't it? Nice to improve. Yeah. And again, back to that kind of progress piece and, and that growth. And and that empowerment, it does build your confidence. Well, you know, it's being in in control of of making the changes that you want to make rather than feeling powerless that, you know, you can't you can't do what you want to do or you can't change what what you want to change. Yeah. Like there's there's always a way. Um, but, it just needs some kind of education. But as you as you know, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, misinformation out there as well, a lot of confusing information when but, it comes to diet, to fitness. Um, and all of that. So, you know, it's, it's listening to the right people, well, uh, not getting taken in by, again, the marketing tactics of selling yeah. you know, the programs and actually finding someone that's going to give you the information that's actually going to help you and and allow you to tailor it around you rather than here's the, here's the six-week program or here's the thing, this is all you can do. It's either do that or fail. Like, yeah. it's, it's never like that. It's not black and white. Yeah. There's always areas. Yeah, so I'm always telling people like they'll come to me. They'll they'll start an exercise regime. They'll work out four times a week for a few weeks, and then they'll fall off the wagon. And they're like, "Oh well, there's no point now because I can't work out four times a week." And I'm like, "No, like there's still value in doing those workouts, even if it's once or twice a week. Sometimes it's fine." Um, but yeah, we get so caught up on you know what is the correct amount of workouts to do, or what is the you know the correct this that and the other, and it's it's not. It doesn't work like that. Like there are ups and downs and, you know, and and a lot of it is is about mindset at the end of the day, isn't it? I mean, you know, you do a lot of coaching, you know that, that it's it's not the the mechanics of what needs to happen. It's the mindset of how that is going to work within your life that I think is the big thing. Absolutely. And, you know, what is correct is whatever works for you. Yeah. Because anything that works for someone else, although that's correct for them, will probably be incorrect for you. So it's, yeah, it's all about finding out what works for you. And as you said about mindset, like that is, again, I think it's a self-awareness really contributes to that. The more aware you are of yourself, how you work, what makes you feel good, what makes you, what doesn't make you feel good, the more you're able to design your life and put, you know, the things in it and get a bit of leverage on yourself and motivate yourself to do, to do the things without knowing, you know, without building self-awareness and not, without knowing enough about yourself, you're not really able to to do that yeah definitely wow well that has been awesome today camilla really really good really good chat and i know that everyone's going to have taken a lot away from it so i can't thank you enough for coming along on the podcast today but before you do go can you just let everybody know where they can connect with you absolutely um so i get yeah, my website at camillaconnins.com and um, all the kind of links on are on there i after everything that i've said <laughs> i do hang out on instagram probably the most um, so i Jay Collins there uh, and I love to chat so do feel free to come and say hi slide into my dms but yeah thank you so much for having me Alex thanks everybody for listening um, it's just been really wonderful to to be here brilliant so of course I will link to Camilla's book podcast social media channels in the show notes so you can go connect with her and find out more but I think that this has been such an important and about and valuable episode as well. You know that on my part, I will continue to work on dismantling those damaging ideas and the narrative that society has set up for us so that we can all live a life that's more closely aligned with the things that are truly important to us. 
And I'm so pleased to have you here along for the ride too. So thank you for being here once again from me and from Camilla. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, whatever you're doing. And I'll see all you beautiful people next week. Thank you so much for joining me today, beautiful people. If you have loved listening in and want to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes, then simply subscribe or follow the podcast on your favourite podcast player right now. You can also come and join me on the socials at Alex Chickfit and I'll see you again next time.